Welcome to another broadcast of Hope for the Heart. My name is William Rogers, and I'll be bringing the message today as we continue through the book of Revelation. We are in chapter 13, and I want to read for you the text today so that you can kind of follow along, keep up with this if you choose. So if you have a copy of God's Word, I just simply ask you to take this moment and get it and turn to Revelation chapter 13. Uh, beginning in verse 15 through 18. I will read this to you. It's all part of a bigger context, which is basically the whole chapter of chapter 13. We find ourselves in the, around the middle of the tribulation period, uh, which is coming upon the earth after the rapture of the church. So I want to get into this. There's so much to cover, and it is such a, such a tremendous and important verse or passage of Scripture. So let's begin with Revelation chapter 13, verses 15 through 18. I'll read this for you. The Word of God reads, beginning in verse 15, And there was given to him to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast might even speak and cause as many as do not worship the image of the beast to be killed. And he causes all, the small and the great and the rich and the poor and the free men and the slaves, to be given a mark on their right hand, or on their forehead. And he provides that no one should be able to buy or to sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for the number is that of a man, and his number is 666. Well, here it comes. This is finally the moment that I've had so many of the listeners who have contacted me and said, when are we finally going to get to Revelation chapter 13, the mark of the beast? Well, here we are. I'm not titling it that, though. I'm titling this message today, 666, It's a Matter of Life. And I think you'll understand that as we get closer to the uh, end of the message. The moment we deal with the most, uh, this is the moment we are going to deal with the most infamous trio of numbers in the history of the world. And those numbers are 666. It is what some refer to as the mark of the beast, is what the scriptures refer to as a mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. And that is uh, basically a seal. But we're going to take a look at this because it's so important that I thought I would give just a, a, a series of general observations that perhaps will help you understand some of this. And when I say observations, I just mean a broad scope of looking down at the passage from, say, a distance and looking across at all that it covers. First of all, there's so much written about this, and there's a lot of actually bad information out there, so I want to give it to you as clear and as straightforward as I can. And the general observations I have is, number one, first of all, this section deals with Two men, human beings. They are actual men. Some have said they're demons. Some have said they're angels. Some have, There's all kinds of speculation out there. But two men who will rise to power and have authority over the whole world. That's very important. And then the second observation is when it says to be killed in verse 15, it does not mean they all will actually be killed. That is simply a sentence of death uh, a penalty attached to uh, the reasons given in verses 15 and 16, but it doesn't mean they all will be killed. 
they are all sentenced to die, those who do not worship, but that does not mean they all will be killed. In fact, most likely, they can't all be killed, and I'll give you the reasons for that later. The next observation is many will not be killed of the Jewish race. Uh, The whole intent of Satan is to try to wipe out the Jewish race, but as we saw in Revelation chapter 12, uh, the earth is going to help, the world is going to help, God is going to help and hide them for about three and a half years so that the Antichrist or the false prophet cannot find them, cannot get to them. Uh, So many of the Jews, and as as far as that goes, the Gentiles will not be killed even though they have been ordered to die by this uh, uh, system that is set up by the, uh, the false prophet. Another observation is the only ones who will not worship the Antichrist will be the all who are perishing of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And you can also refer back to Revelation chapter 13 in verse 8. Again, these are people who will not worship. Listen to what verse 8 says. All who dwell on the earth will worship him. Everyone whose name has not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life, the Lamb who has been slain. In other words, in the Lamb's book of life, if your name is not there, you will worship Him, and you will have to receive that mark. Uh, In fact, you will receive it. So, that is a a very interesting place to be, and uh, again, we find this same all <clears throat> refer to all who are perishing in Second Thessalonians chapter four, verses eight through thirteen. Now, the next observation is one that rattles uh, some, some cages a lot, but it is absolutely true, based on what I just read in Revelation thirteen eight. None of God's elect will bow to the image of the beast and receive his mark. None will, because that would mean sure enough death and judgment. And uh, God will not lose any of his that belong to him. None will be lost. John, Check out John chapter 6, John chapter 8, and John chapter 10. None will be lost. So, God knows who his own are, and they will not be uh, subject to that. Now, they will be under the penalty of that if they don't receive the seal, but they will not be killed, and they will not receive it. So, uh, the Antichrist, and trying to find the, uh, the who this is, for one, this is looking forward. This is not a backward-pointing uh, verse of Scripture, which I have seen too many times. I've served with pastors that say this refers to A.D. 70, it refers to Nero, it refers to so many other things, but it does not refer to that. This refers to the forwardness of this. It is something that has not come upon the earth Uh, ever. There's nothing even remotely close to this that has ever happened. The context of this passage has its eye on what is yet to come. There is nothing about a one-world religion, worldwide worship of an image representing a global leader. Nothing in this text, chapter 13, uh, could even remotely fit any other time in history. Twisting and contorting at the level is beyond even the most flexible of Olympic gymnastics, uh, and I quote from uh, uh, Amir Safani as he's writing about this particular situation. Uh, the number 666, or possibly 616, according to early Greek manuscripts, uh, we, we just don't know what we don't know about that. And I know there's always 
people trying to guess who this is. So many people run down the rabbit hole of this creepy number and miss the overall point of the passage. And the overall point of the passage is what I'm giving you when these general observations are there. This chapter is about two people who will rise up and take over the world. Rather than turning people to the worship of the living God, they will force the worship of the Antichrist. And those who don't worship his image shall be put to death if they can find them. I should add that. It will be a horrible time in which believers will suffer greatly through violence, poverty, uh, even starvation, as we're going to see. But as for those who accept the mark, they will not only live under an oppressive government, but they will experience some severe judgments that God is going to bestow upon those who receive that same mark. And we're going to see that in Revelation chapter 16. So that is a, it's a very interesting time on earth, a very dangerous time of, uh, of one to which I, I just I can't imagine waking up and having uh, the, the, the events pointing to this even at the, as, as they're starting to unfold. And praise the Lord, I won't have to. Uh, I am a believer. I have been a Christian for several years, many years. And all born-again believers that are Christians at this point right now, at the listening of this message, will be transported in the rapture of the church. They will be out of the way when all of this happens. Uh, so, with that in mind, I want to begin looking at the text. This is, a, a, like I said, it's a very, very powerful text that I think we can get into. And the first thing I want you to notice is according to my outline, I want to give you an outline so that you can kind of follow along. The first thing is the the staging. The staging here is found in verse 15. The staging for this whole scenario of the seal or the mark of the beast. The staging is found in verse 15 uh, under what we called last week is the power of of the false prophet. Uh, the power here is demonstrated was there was given to him, the, that is the, the false prophet, to give breath to the image of the beast. The image of the beast is the image of the Antichrist. And supposedly there is an image that he's made the world create or, or put together. And uh, now the false prophet comes along and gives breath to the image of the beast that the image of the beast might even speak and cause as many as do not worship the image of the beast to be killed. So that's the staging. The staging is this image. And what is going out here is a is a requirement. It's a requirement for worship and proof of worship. Two people cannot monitor the whole world. It just cannot happen like that. And so there has to be some kind of a system in place in which, uh, in fact, really, I believe people are going to turn in one another. Neighbors will turn in one another. Uh, Business owners will turn in people who come in that do not have this mark. And it's going to be a very delicate time on earth, perhaps even referring to the second seal judgment of Revelation chapter 6 when the, the uh, rider of the red horse, goes, red horse goes out and there is war. Uh, there, this war is, to, is said to be a one-on-one, person-to-person battle or, uh, on the earth. In fact, Revelation chapter 6, I'll just read it to you. Another red horse went out, and to him who sat on it was granted to take peace from the earth, and that men should slay one another. 
and a great sword was given to him. And this is one-on-one, man-to-man, person-to-person, neighbor-to-neighbor, business-owner to business-owner or to uh, customer. It's going to be a strange time. Perhaps that's what that's referring to because there's got to be some way of accountability for this and they cannot monitor the whole world. So there's going to be this uh, the staging, which is the image of the beast that is going to go out and it's going to be demanded that people actually bow down and worship him. But it goes beyond that. Because next, the first part is of the outline is staging. That's the first thing I want you to notice. The staging here is the image uh, that is supposedly, and I think this is not true life he's given. I think this is uh, uh, it's a false wonder that I think is happening here. Remember, Satan is a master counterfeiter. He is counterfeiting uh, the image of God and what's happening. So I don't think it's real, but I think that people are going to think it's real. I think they're going to believe that it is real, and so it's going to be a pretty compelling uh, evidence right before their very eyes that this statue has been given life, and he's going to be able to breathe, and he's going to be able to talk. It says he will speak and cause as many as do not worship the image of the beast to be killed. So the second part of the outline, the second word is sentence, the sentence of death. Listen to what it says here in verse 16. He, again, the false prophet, causes all the small and the great. That, in other words, he causes this to happen. This, again, would be all related to his, his power and his authority that uh, he has in the presence of the Antichrist. He causes all the small and the great, the rich and the poor, and the free men and the slaves to be given a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. Now, uh, I know because of what we are, this world has experienced since COVID, that you cannot make people do certain things. There are still people who will not take the vaccine, and I, I don't have a problem with that at all. Some people have a problem with it, so much so that there have been uh, some cities across this country where you turn in people if they haven't had a vaccine. Well, let me tell you, it's going to get a lot worse It's going to get so bad because listen to what verse 16 says. He, the false prophet, causes all the small to receive a mark. Who wants a mark on them? Now, I know that some people say, well, it's actually going to be a microchip installed under the skin. Well, who wants that? I don't want it. Uh, There's people today that won't even do certain things because they think it's going to help the mark of the beast or the Antichrist. But it's not because this is... This is this hadn't even happened yet, and the whole thing is going to happen because of the imaging or the staging of the image to worship the Antichrist. It is the way the world is going to be turned by the false prophet and the Antichrist, basically empowered by Satan himself, turning the world to worship actually the Antichrist. It's going to be building towards a one-world religion, not even the uh, the whore of Babylon, which we're going to see later, but a one-world religion, and we see that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, verses 4 and 5 and 6 and 7. Those verses in there that talk about the Antichrist takes a seat in the temple, which we also know is part of the abomination of desolation, and he will declare himself as God. And from then on to the end of the tribulation period, there will be a one-world religion and a one-world worship of the Antichrist. So that is what is, is happening here. They are going to be able to cause men to receive the mark. 
I wonder how many are going to willingly cause it. Now, it's going to be pretty compelling to be able to see this uh, erect uh, image standing there, and it says in verse 15 that it has breath to the image. I guess it will appear to be breathing even, but that it might even be able to speak and cause as many as do not worship that image. So I think that's going to be a miracle in the sense that this image, who is an image of the Antichrist, who, by the way, is an image of the one who received the fatal wound and was healed, according to verse 12, if you just back up two verses, this is going to be compelling evidence to bow and to worship. And remember I said last week, people want something to believe in. They are looking for hope. They are looking for a reason to worship something because the world is seemingly coming apart. It's coming unglued. I'm sure there's going to be talk that God has lost control. He's no longer. I would imagine there's even going to be information out there that says God is dead. I would not be surprised at whatever Satan pulls out of his bag of tricks Uh, that we call false wonders and lies deceiving the world, which was the subject of last week's message. So this is a very, very interesting time, and the sentence of death goes out, but they have to receive the mark, and the mark is receiving this mark uh, is uh, is part of the worship. The, The staging is in verse 15, and then the scope of this is he causes all, People In verse number three, the third word is the scope of the people. There is the sentence of death in the last part of verse 15, but the scope of this is everyone. Look at who it covers. The scope of all. It causes all. Who? The false prophet causes all. The small, the great, the rich, the poor, the free, the slaves, to be given a mark. So the scope of this is literally the whole world. Uh, Jew, Gentile, rich, poor, it does not matter. They are to receive this mark. It is a validation. It is a stamp of uh, proof. It is uh, like a passport that will be given. And I want want to uh, read you something uh, that I've gotten from uh, uh, Arnold Frutenbaum, uh, pastor of the Dallas Theological Seminary, used to be. Uh, And he says this, During the tribulation period, uh, God will put the seal of the Holy Spirit on the foreheads of the saints. Now, Satan, the master counterfeiter, will copy this seal. The false prophet will uh, introduce his own mark. The counterfeit seal is the famous, what is called by many people, uh, the mark of the beast. And he talks about this in in, in great detail. But it will be. That's what it will be. Uh, uh, In fact, most commentaries are writing about this, and they all have so much uh, information. Some is good, some is not good. But this mark will be placed on the forehead, it says here in verse 16, or on the right hand, or on the forehead. Now, whether it's a chip going under the skin, we just don't know enough about it. But it says he will be given a mark on his right hand or on their forehead. So this mark will be will serve as a passport for business. And the reason for that is you must identify with the Antichrist or the image through the command of the false prophet to worship. In other words, are you a worshiper? Not just a follower, but a worshiper. Satan doesn't want you just to be intrigued with him. Satan doesn't want you to be observant of him. Satan wants you to worship him. And that's what we're up against when we look at this particular thing. So the 
The mark that is talking about in verse 16 is going to serve as a passport for businesses. No one will be able to buy or sell anything unless they have the mark. It needs to be noted uh, that, that I see here, and my, another way of putting general observations, if you were to note this, the, ber- the verse here does not speak of the banking system. And I only bring that out because I'm so tired of reading all these commentaries that talk about the banking system or a cashless society or a one-world money system or computers, etc., all tying them in to this mark. Well, they don't have to be tied into this mark. This is something that Satan is not doing for accountability of economics. This is something the, the false prophet is doing to show allegiance, show uh, following or reverence to the Antichrist image and to worship it. It's something totally different. The mark of the beast has nothing to do with credit cards. I, I, I hear that often, as it is very often taught today. In a credit system, everyone must have a different number. Uh, I know that uh, my wife just misplaced her credit card, so we didn't take any chances, and we went ahead and called, had it stopped, and they issued her a new credit card. Well, it arrived in just a few days, but it had a new number on it. So everyone must have a different number in the credit system, yet in Revelation 13, everyone will receive the same number, and that number is given to us here. It's either the name of the beast or the number of his name. And I think the or there is is an or that means is it can be either of the, either one because they're both going to be basically the same. The purpose of the mark will be to serve as a sign of identification of those who own the Antichrist as their God. That cannot be overlooked. This has nothing to do with the economics. This has everything to do with worship. Only those who have the number will be permitted to work, buy, or sell, or to simply make a living. The interpretation of the mark is given, I think, by five clues. And and several uh, other writers have attributed these five clues. And I I just want you to hear them. Uh, They might not mean anything to you, but the five clues are, it is the number of the beast, or the name of the beast. It is the number of his name. These are clues we we can't solve. This is a puzzle we cannot uh, figure out. We can't do it. We just don't have enough information. Uh, so, number one, is the name of the beast. Number two, it says the number of his name. Number three, it is the number of the beast. Number four, it is the number of a man. And number five, it is the number 666. So, with this in mind, we see that there is a numbering system. There is a, a, uh, a passport, if you will, that is going to be given so that that gives you permission to buy or sell. Now imagine someone. In fact, when I go through this and I begin to think, the first question I have is, why would someone not worship the image? Think about that. With all of the compelling reasons to worship, all that has been given as far as the false wonders and the signs that this a false prophet is going to be able to do, and you can look at verse 13, he will be able to perform signs so that uh, he even makes fire come down out of heaven to the earth in the presence of men. Now remember now, this is also happening with the false witnesses in Revelation chapter 11. So there's going to be a lot there. You're going to have to be able to decide and choose who you're going to believe, whether you're going to believe the, the witnesses that God sends, or are you going to believe these 
two men, the Antichrist and the false prophet. A tough time. And they're going to be able to do false signs and wonders that Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2 talks about. And so, it's going to be an interesting time. One is filled with deception and one is not filled with deception. But he causes all to receive this. Wherever you see he causes, it is taking us back to the false prophets. So everywhere in this particular passage that he causes uh, refers to the false prophet. He is the one who somehow causes the world to worship the beast. He causes the beast, the image of the beast, to be able to speak. He causes this killing machine to move into motion. He is the subject, and I would just note for you so that you're not confused and think that God is actually the one causing this. Now, God is allowing him, but God is going to spare Israel, and God is going to spare many Gentiles, no matter what death sentence the Antichrist or the false prophet put out. No matter how many people they want to kill, they will not be able to kill them. Uh, and the reason I know that is because the kingdom is coming. We're, as we're moving through the tribulation period of Revelation, you are marching towards the time where God will set up his kingdom. And into that kingdom, according to Matthew chapter 25 and according to Revelation, we see that there will be people that were going to be, uh, the Israel that all of Israel that will be saved at that point are going to be ushered right into the kingdom. And those Gentiles that are alive <clears throat> and remain alive throughout the, uh, the whole uh, tribulation period, but yet are believers are going to be taken straight into the kingdom. In other words, the people going into the kingdom of God Literally, people that are going to be let in from the physical flesh are going to be the saved Jews and the saved Gentiles. And so that's how I know this plan of Satan will fail just like so many others of his plans have failed. He can say he can cause them all to worship and give a mark as proof that he can, he's got control over everybody, but it will not work. The Antichrist wants an identifying mark, and that mark signifies that this is a worshiper of the beast. Now, it will not last, it will not continue, and it will be a terrible thing. So, this is a, a, the, 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 the reason that so many people talk about this is because it's not giving us the rest of the sentence by saying the 666 refers to a man and his name is blank. Well, if it were to give us that, that would be different, but it does not give us that. But you can imagine to receive the, it says that he provides that no one should be able to buy or sell except the one who has this branding, as I would call it. It's not uncommon for people all, all the way back to the Old Testament days to brand those, brand people that they wanted to brand. But imagine this mark. In other words, you can't be involved in daily commerce. You can't uh, you can't go to the store and buy food. Now, what's that going to do? Well, it's going to create starvation is what it's going to do, or it's going to create people wanting to steal food. Uh, and there's going to be people, I think, rebel against this market. I mean, they don't. I know all the believers will. But I think there's going to be people of the world that's going to rebel against just receiving a market. It just doesn't make sense to them, and they don't want to do it. But remember now, God is going to send a strong delusion so that they will believe what they see. Their eyes will believe it. Their heart will believe it because God sends a delusion. And then, of course, with all the deception that's tied into wickedness, they're going to believe it. 
But imagine now, you can't buy anything. You can't sell anything. You can't get any food. You can't go to a source for food and buy because you don't have that mark of the 666. You can't get anyone to buy it for you because they want to see your mark or they are going to be in trouble. You have to have this branding. And you can't get anybody to buy it because you can't prove who you are. Now, you know, we, we've had a taste of this on a small scale with this uh, 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 vaccine and the passport or the, the proof of it. I've, I've been to several places. In fact, my son was in, in his work here just recently. In his passport had to have proof of the vaccine in order to, to travel overseas. So let me tell you something. It is coming and it's going to be much, much worse. You can't get money. You can't involve yourself in daily commerce. The needs of life are therefore cut off to you, except the one who has the mark. So, let me ask you a question. Who would refuse the mark? Who would refuse it? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I can't answer that other than just the fact that there are many people today fighting this uh, vaccine that are not Christians so I think people just generally are going to uh, refuse the mark until they realize how serious it is, or until they get hungry, or until the storekeepers around the world are going to be able to do this and keep it. Now, it's very interesting to me that this is all going to happen based on the, uh, based on the staging, as I said, of, this, of the, the very first part of this outline. And the sentence of death is given, the scope is given, the seal is given, and the branding uh, and the seriousness of it in verse 17. But how is it going to be managed? You know, we don't know how it's going to all work, but it's going to be hard to imagine that worldwide television will keep that image in everybody's home at all time. I mean, we, we, I think that's what they're going to do. I think that's going to be on the upper right-hand corner or on the lower corner of, of everyone's picture, everyone's screen, every TV that is able to come on uh, and, and be able to watch it are going to have that image. It's going to be interesting. People will be staring at this image and watching the phenomenon of its movement and its speech. They'll be analyzing it, critiquing it. They'll be brought to their knees and worshiping this image, the image that is a reflection of the Antichrist who, who supposedly has come back to life. I don't know how it's all going to work. I really don't. But let me show you a spiritual aspect to this. And that is found in verse 18. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. For the number is that of a man. And his number is 666. Now, it's hard to to imagine all that is there, obviously. We, We just can't do it. Uh, we can't figure it out. We, we don't know what it all is, is, is there. We just know there are compelling reasons for the world to worship the Antichrist, don't we? Uh, we know that it's just not a matter of religious deception. It really is a matter of life, which is why I named this. Uh, the, why I named this, this sermon, 666. It's a matter of life. It is, it is so compelling. It's not just a matter of religious deception. If they want to live, they're going to receive that mark so they can go to the store, provide for their family. That's how it's all going to work. But it's, it's also interesting to note, it says here is wisdom. This is to say people who are alive. This has to do, verse 18, with people who are alive at that day. Not today. 
The wisdom is not uh, available for us today. But here's wisdom. Let him count who has understanding calculate. So this, I think, is talking about not only in that day in the future, but it's talking about believers. It is talking about believers here. It says here is wisdom. Notice the key words here. Wisdom, understanding, and calculate the number of a man. Now, what does that remind you of? Well, it reminds me of Proverbs chapter 2. Make your ear attentive to wisdom. Incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you will seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Here's what I think. I think that's a verse for the believers of that day. That they can be assured that what they're turning down and what they're refusing to accept is of the devil himself. And this is a comfort for them. Stay away from that man. Stay away from that worship. Stay away from that branding. Stay away from that number 666. You must stay away from it. To calculate the number. People in that time are going to have to be discerning. Well, where does discernment come from? It comes from God. The world's not going to be able to discern. They are not going to have a clear understanding of that. And so it is going to be a very interesting time for the world. The number 666 is the number of a man. Well, what does that mean? Well, it's, it's, it's not the perfect number. The perfect number is seven. That's God's number. Man's number is six. The slave was forced to be free after six years unless he demanded to stay, which was what was technically labeled as a bond servant. Fields were sown for six years. The seventh day, they could not harvest anything. They could not grow anything. Man was made in six days. Thus you have it, 666. We could go over a whole page of things, 666, or man, man, man. God's number is seven, the number of perfection. The best man can always do will always be a six. We can never be a seven. We're always going to fall short of God's requirement. The number represents human imperfection. And man at his best, at the ultimate of all human power, with all the empowering from Satan himself, and the manipulation and the work of Satan, he cannot get to a seven. And I just remind you of this. I believe that God has so identified the final form of man's government in the world as just 666. That's what he's saying. And somehow this is even a, an attempt to try to imitate what God gives as three names for God, not numbers. If you wanted to be a number, he could, give it, he could have said 777. But instead, in Isaiah we read, holy, holy, holy is intended to reiterate the identity of God. God is holy, holy, holy. Man is always 666. Short of perfection. He can't quite pull it off. That's my message for today. Thank you so much for joining. For now, this is William Rogers, and I thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time in Revelation chapter 14.